You're listening to We, we, we the Aether Podcast with host Adam Evans, within and without. Welcome. Natalie, thank you for coming on and um, being a part of this uh, podcast. And I know you're really into personal growth and development and therapies and, and whatnot. So uh, a lot of people, it's very in line with their interests that listen to this uh, podcast. Um, so just to kick things off, would you mind introducing yourself and, and what it is you're involved with? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for having me. First of all, it's really an exciting opportunity to be able to talk to you guys about what I do. Um, so I'm a therapist, traditionally trained psychotherapist. Um, I'm also a board certified registered art therapist. So I kind of always had like an alternative side to things. Um, I've always been really interested in art. And when I found out about what art therapy was through a family experience, it was kind of like a click moment where I just knew that I would pursue that as a passion. So I went and got my master's in um, marital and family counseling, as well as art therapy, and have been practicing in that field since 2011. And as my journey unfolded through school, because we, we did a kind of a practicum where we'd work with clients in school, um, I had a, a life fallout, as my husband calls it, Chernobyl, kind of like the meltdown. Um, halfway through 2012, basically experienced a really heavy spiritual emergency when I went to Mexico and got bit by a tick and got Lyme disease and it was during a, a breakup and just a lot of things kind of happening including all at once to create sort of a dark night of the soul and that was where you know I really kind of had the sense of losing myself and everything sort of falling out from under me including my physical body um, actually had a psychotic episode when the Lyme first started hitting my system and um, had to drop out of grad school and everything so when I came through that, it was because of uh, uh, the result of a spiritual healing. And it healed me mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and was pretty profound. Um, a very wild kind of experience that happened overnight. So I went back to school to finish up my master's, and I knew I just wouldn't be a normal therapist, that I wanted to do what that person had done for me through the power of prayer, working with spiritual guides, higher guidance, and, and just um, using grounding and alignment tools to work to heal people from the inside out. And ever since I've been committed to that, I, I would say I've always had like kind of um, interesting and kind of unbelievable experiences throughout my whole life. But since I've really taken it to the, the next level, consciously connecting and wanting to work in that way energetically, it's been just a miraculous ride. There's things that happen sometimes every day, definitely every week where I'm just like reminded of the, the amazing world we live in and how much help is available to us if we only ask and um, believe, you know, so there's, it's, it's been interesting. But so what I've done lately is I've opened up what I call True Self Institute. And it was kind of a name that was given to me. So I, I it's all sort of making sense now as I put the pieces together, um, meaning given to me intuitively. And so I'm, I'm starting it as it's been a private practice where I see people for art therapy and, and standard therapy, but with a spiritual take. And so I work with people's energy and alignment. I work with Reiki healing and I also provide hypnosis and different alternative services to really just help people get into alignment with their, I don't know if you call it high self or, you know, that spiritual um, source that, that personally works for them. And um, yeah, so that's kind of where I've been. I've been hosting a networking group for um, more alternative practitioners throughout Phoenix here, um, whether they be in the naturopathic field or acupuncture or if they're a life coach or whatever 
it is that they do if they have that interest in um, you know kind of like the invisible influences that are impacting us day to day and how we can manifest our reality and, and really you know knowing that that reality is projected from the inside out so coming together to dialogue about inspired healing tools and just all the things that we've been experiencing in our personal and professional lives with clients to just nerd out and yeah that's called soul solutions so i've been doing that for about a year and the i'm expanding into a larger office just in the next month um going to be getting a classroom style office that has a suite attached to it so offering workshops and from there i don't know where it's going to go i'm just sort of taking directions boots on the ground through my intuitive process connecting to source and um, receiving inspiration and kind of not knowing what's coming but trusting that and it's been phenomenal so far so there's a lot of really exciting projects and things in the works mm -hmm. that sounds pretty exciting and uh it, just to mention this you, so you were in mexico 2012 yes and this is when you had that the, the tick fight basically which would have led into the lines of these it's interesting that you had you were in mexico in 2012 this is like a mayan calendar transformational <laughs> shift process for you where you get yeah. this lime tick bite you know i always think that these things happen to us where you know uh it's like it's part of your your process and, and this needs to happen and just I mean, for before us. we started yeah. this episode i was talking about Rondas, and he had a stroke and it's like he considers his stroke that he was stroked you know, and it's almost like you're you're being graced or blessed with this thing that at the time you're thinking, wow, this is like horrendous. Why did this happen to me? You have this victimized mentality. But then as time goes on, everything starts to reveal itself and, and be part of your whole transformative process and your evolution of, as, a, as a conscious human being having this like human experience. So you had the you were blessed with the opportunity to have that particular experience, which has led you down this path. It, it sounds very exciting to me. I haven't had like illnesses in that sense myself um, but i but i've spoken with a lot of people that have and it's really great to hear when people come out of these things like a butterfly you know they they go into it and they come out and they're stronger and they're spreading a message and they have a, a vision and you know they're, they're on their path so it's yes. great that you're doing that now with your uh, therapy you mentioned you're moving into a larger office you offer online therapy coaching training or anything like that as well Yes, so because hypnosis, Reiki, and art therapy are not state licensed, so I can offer all those services via teleconference online. And that is something that I'm hoping to, I'm kind of joining forces with a team of people from all over the, the country, and we're creating a media platform and event, um, basically. So we're starting off with a cruise on a cruise ship in 2020. Um, that's going to be one of our first of many annual events. And we're creating a multimedia platform too. So I think I'm going to work um, on honing my skills as far as like getting a team and putting something together that's going to be more widespread and, and create available content and services for people, whoever, wherever they are in the United States at, at the very least. Um, and so, yeah, that's something that that I'm trusting will eventually happen. I, I can see people for teleconference services already, and I have done that. Um, it's not something, it's still kind of interesting because I've been living in the world of, you know, really intense mental health and, you know, it's a state by state thing and there's, you know, boards governing and all sorts of things that you have to be aware of ethically and um, legally. So it's it's been an interesting line to walk, but I really do see the face of therapy changing as we progress. More and more practitioners are seeing the benefit of some of the alternative methods, like like the life coaching industry, right? It's exploded. 
um, it's not so much about, you know, diagnosing a disorder and, and talking about a problem. Really, we're, we're working toward, you know, deconstructing the whole societal condition and cultural conditioning of thinking of ourselves in that way and really stepping into our power and our true identity, which is why, you know, True Self Institute just makes so much sense to me now. Um, but yeah, that's, it's kind of a part of my greater mission to provide education around this stuff because, you know, when I went through what I did in 2012, there was a definite um, part of that experience. And I've experienced many things ever since I was, you know, a kid, really. I've, I've believed in spirits and ghosts because I've had experiences that just weren't, um, you know, explainable. And things that were witnessed by, you know, my entire family at points in time and, and other people. So, you know, it made it kind of obvious to me. But um, my experience in 2012, it was definitely an experience where I, was, I felt spiritually compromised. I'd actually um, gone to Peru shortly after I sat on the tick in Mexico because I sat down on it. It was on a, a bed in a hostel. Sorry if there's background noise, the trash is coming. Um, but, you know, so I... I essentially went to Peru and tried an ayahuasca ceremony with my mom. I was not in a good place in my relationship with my now husband. We'd been dating for six years at the time. And I was really seeking for answers outside of myself. And I'd already been kind of the spiritual explorer, you could say, like grew up playing with the Ouija board and getting out of my body during lunch, during nap time, or, you know, just trying all these really kind of intense um, spiritual things because I, I wanted to find out if it was real or not. And time and time again, you know, I've had these experiences that have just proven to me that there's more to this life than we see. And when I went through that experience, um, you know, ayahuasca is really, I don't know if you've heard of it, but dimethyltryptyline, it's a, a molecule that our bodies naturally secrete when we're being born and when we're dying. And, you know, how people kind of see things in the hospital when they're on the edge of, on, of trans transitioning over. So it really, in my opinion, it peels back the layer and and assist us with being out of our body and being able to perceive the multidimensional reality that always exists all around us all the time, but that we most of the time aren't aware of. Um, so yeah, I, I had an experience where I, I believe I was compromised by something, you know, we had definite experiences happening in tandem with, you know, not only coming down with the Lyme disease and all of the, the mental and emotional stuff, but you know, doors opening and closing in front of us and things that just couldn't have been explained away. And so I, I believe I was compromised by, you know, something darker in nature. And it's not something to really freak out about or worry yourself about because because when we stand in our power, no matter how you're treating something, you're going to want to help that person um, step into their their true life force, their true source energy, which is grounded and comes from sourced in love. And that understanding of our identity that we're always truly connected to that, even if we don't perceive it, we can assist with the sort of chiropractic adjustment in the energy field, the shift that's needed to separate from anything that we're, we're, you know, mistaken identity associating with, or whether it's our wounds or, you know, some other type of energy out there that is attracted to those wounds. So, so that makes sense. I know it's kind of out there. I'm really putting mm -hmm. it out there. Today, mm -hmm. No, no, it does. It does. It's funny, you mentioned that, so during your spiritual, um, I guess, inquisition of some sort, you were, you were wondering if, like, what was real, and you're kind of questioning what's real, and yeah. I always, this, this quote always comes to mind, that all in which we see or seem is but a dream within a dream, this waking yeah. state is, then it's to shift the perception to, is this waking state real, you know, and to try and wrap your head around that, because uh, it seems like a lot of your focus now is really 
bringing people back into their own inner knowing, their true nature. And yes. I, that's, your, your branding is actually nice in that sense as well, because uh, that, that, I suppose that's really what the focus is on. It's just to, to bring people back into their own power, you know, and yeah. their own, because everyone does have that own transformative healing power within them. It's just they become so accustomed to uh, this being brought up and, and learning what this society is teaching them that it's like they're, they're unlearning that power at the same time. So it's like they're learning these third dimensional things, in large part, these stupid little devices now. But, uh, you know, they're forgetting the fact that these things hold nothing compared to our own inner nature. So um, I guess returning people back to that strength is, is something that, that's really powerful that, that you're a part of. And um Actually, I wanted to ask you if you do uh, retreats as well. Like, I know you'd mentioned you're doing uh, the cruise, but do you actually like hold retreats where people can come and uh, and gather and do like ayahuasca ceremonies? I, I am familiar with DMT. I haven't had ayahuasca, uh, but I've had a synthesized form of uh, for, for ACO DMT, which is basically like a powder form. And in this way, you actually can ingest it. And because of how it's been processed, you don't necessarily need that, that ayahuasca combination or whatever that, that yeah. makes you receptive to it. Uh, so I had just the powder on its own and it was like a 10 hour high where I would literally be walking around and like just fractals everywhere. Like, a, like a, a good, the peak of it was probably about three to four hours of just like the clouds became this scenic battle. Um, like I'm looking at a wood grain on my outside back deck and it's sliding back and forth. My carpet uh, in my basement turned into quicksand and started spiraling beneath me. Um, I looked at my wife. Actually, when it first kicked in, I was eating breakfast on my deck, and I was looking over at my wife. I had this, uh, uh, like, an egg up to my mouth, and I looked over to her, and behind her, the trees started spiraling into a vortex. And I was like, oh, I think it's kicking in. <laughs> so it, it was a really interesting uh, experience with that. I've even done the psilocybin mushrooms as well and had these really great experiences. Yeah. So when I come out of these things, I always think that we have this like filter that we all wear, like sunglasses that prevents yeah. us from, because these, you know, I couldn't walk around all day and see spirals and fractals. It would, it would drive me nuts. So, you know, it's like, we just see what we need to see. And, and that's really what that learned, you know, societal thing is, you know, you wake, you come out of you are birthed and then you kind of just are taught what to see and you kind of have to to reconnect with all that other stuff, that multi-dimensional aspect of yourself. So okay, getting back to the question, do you hold any retreats where people can come and, and have those type of experiences, ayahuasca or anything like that? No. So for for me, because I'm I'm walking that line and personally actually, you know, ayahuasca was a part of what kind of broke me down during that time. You know, I think that it's something that can help a lot of people and I've I've met many people and that's kind of why I, I considered it you know I was, I was um on a debate team during my grad program to advocate for the use of it therapeutically but i definitely don't think it's for everyone at every point right so um it can be really profoundly opening and and there are dangers inherently associated with it people have actually died taking it and there's a dark side just like anything else um so you know i i encourage people to be really careful with how and who they do it with and what kind of state of mind they're already in and all of these things that can impact it, whether they're going through major life transitions um, because it can create, you know, Kundalini awakening. It can create energetic um, like holes in our, in our aura that can assist anything that is outside of ourselves with, you know, attaching easier, not to say that it wasn't all for a reason. I do, I don't regret anything. And I, I've told, 
people before on other podcasts that like I shudder to think of who I would be without going through this experience. So I know it's all part of my divine plan and I've accepted that. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm fairly more careful when it comes to using substances and just letting people kind of make that decision, um, on their own, because again, I'm walking that line between mental health and that's certainly, you know, deemed illegal here still, whether we like that or not. Um, the, the other thing that's, you know, coming to mind is that we have this capacity to see these things within our own inner vision. And that already happens for me on the daily basis. You know, when I work with clients in the Reiki, I'm seeing those kinds of things like vortexes and energy holes and symbols and animals and all sorts of things coming up. So for me, it's been more about, you know, getting more into my body instead of forcing myself through uh, like, um, and this is just my personal experience. It could be totally different for someone else, but I, taking substances felt like a forced, you know, shoving me off the edge of the cliff without much preparation. And I had to go through some really intense recovery period because of that. And um, so yeah, as far as your question goes, no retreats at this point. Um, I, I do want to offer retreats, but more focused on grounded meditation on, you know, truly finding natural ways to connect because we have those capacities already within us and it's fun to experience. And some people are really drawn to that, that world. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that there's no chance I ever would again, but I know for sure, like until I'm very grounded in my intuition and I get a strong, yes, it won't be happening again for me. Cause I kind of went into it without thinking it was before, you know, I really knew how to connect to myself and I really didn't understand myself or, a lot of the laws of the universe back then when I, when I did um, give that a whirl. So it's, it's a weird thing because it's always like that, that concept where life is sort of unfolding like a movie, you know, and we only do the best we can with what we know how in every given moment. But yeah, so I, I, I'm in acceptance of, of what my path has brought me, but I do definitely um, encourage people to be careful with things like ayahuasca and and mushrooms and you know especially if there's other biochemical features a lot of the people i work with are struggling with depressive disorders or bipolar or you know whatever sort of neurochemical issues they've already got going on and i've seen people get completely ruined um you know put on their butt for like a year from trying something like poison dart frog or psilocybin or you know there's all sorts of things out there right now and I, you know, do you want to, do you want to go into a, an expansion where you're looking at your power and you're connecting to a loving source, or do you want to go to a mental institution and question everything for a year, you know, and those are very real things that I've, I've, I've seen. So I, not to, you know, be the squeaky wheel on the cart, you know, but just to really cause people to consider it because it's such a powerful medicine. It's, um, an extremely, opening thing it's 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 a the forces that it impact in our body and brain and our and our spirit are very real and i think people it's getting very trendy you know so more yeah. and more I'm hearing like oh ayahuasca I, I wanted to try that i wanted to try that and so mm. just taking the other you know a, approach because people have died you know it's not like it's just like smoking weed or something you know so mm -hmm. yeah that I think you hit the nail on the head when you when you said it's become a little bit trendy, and that's kind of the way things go um, with that. It's like the the woke generation. Um, yeah. I have a few friends that are like that as well. I actually have one friend who's 
who's done the frog poisoning, the ayahuasca, every, all that. I think he's done something like, I asked him recently, 26 uh, sessions in like a year and a half. Yeah. Like, that. like it's extremely hot. And I find that when people are doing that, they're not dealing with, uh, and I'll quote this to the real world. When they come yeah. back to the real world, they're not really utilizing anything they would have had in that transformative process experience, taking it back with them and improving their day-to-day -day life and improving yes. those lives, uh, the lives of those around them. I yeah. feel like they're just constantly doing it as an escape, an escape. It's become the new uh, Tylenol, you know, if you want to put it that way. A lot of people will just go and do this every other weekend because it, it gets them that escape. And uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a big issue, but I feel like it's being talked about a lot. Um, I actually had Kyle Buller on from Psychedelics Today podcast uh, not too long ago, and we were talking about um, how just simple breathwork therapies can start to slowly introduce someone to then potentially having some sort of psychedelic substance. But yeah. through just breathwork therapy, um, you know, holotropic breathing, and apparently he was saying some sessions go like two, three hours of breathwork therapy, yeah. um, that you can start to open people up that way using their own natural mechanisms. Powerful. And maybe introduce something that's going to be a little bit more of that, like what you said, kind of shoving you over the edge. Yes. You're kind of like, whoa, what is all this? You know, like I, I, I didn't do too well. You know what? I grew up doing martial arts and all different stuff. So I guess I had some background in breath work. Um, but when I first did the psychedelics, it was kind of that feeling like you get pushed over the edge. To me, when I did it, it's almost like I had this feeling of familiarity. I was like, oh, I, I've been here before. You know, I've been in this space I, and this is, it's not too foreign to me, this, this realm. And then when I come back, uh, I do feel like I've, you know, it's like brain training in a way for me. And I, and I don't do it too often. Um, actually, the last time I did it, it was uh, another friend of mine was watching um, Mike Tyson on Joe Rogan's podcast. And Mike Tyson was describing smoking the frog DMT or something and how he was so hesitant to it, so resistant to it, that feeling of death and, you know, having to really surrender. And then he surrendered and felt pure love and pure compassion, this altruistic Yes. You know, eternal feeling of just this when I was on uh, shrooms once I felt like a, a, like I was under a waterfall and this love was pouring onto me and it was just it was endless there was no end to it and I could surrender anything to it and it's almost like this thing would just laugh at all this foolish stuff all these like yes. petty little human things I'm surrendering it's like oh that thing whatever man nothing you know yeah. whatever you're feeling upset about it just like dissolved immediately yeah. love so uh, my friend, he messaged my other buddy who's done this stuff like 26 times or whatever. He said, hey, man, I watched this Mike, Mike Tyson on Joe Rogan. I want to try this smokable DMT. He's never done it before. He was supposed to come over to my house to do it. Actually, he ended up flopping, never ended up coming. But my other buddy, of course, the one that does it all the time, he showed up and held a big ceremony. That was my first time trying this smokable DMT where you blast off for like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. That was probably the, the best experience I've ever had, like surpassing all the mushroom ones, surpassing all the uh, 4ACO uh, DMT stuff. Like this was a 10 to 15 minute blast off session. Um, and the, the experience I had was just like uh, remarkable. It was amazing. Actually, when I was, I was he did it on, out of um, like a vape pen and I, I took a couple hits on this vape pen and I, I just, I knew it was kicking in because this, this vape pen turned into a magic flute in my hand as I was, and all of a sudden the smoke from the flute turned into music notes. And then my buddy and these other people in the room started getting this aura glowing around them. And I was just like, oh, you can have your flute back now. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I, I think this is working. And then I just laid back 
And uh, usually when I get into that state, because I, I do meditative like practice on a daily basis, yeah. so usually I'm just going deep into mantra and I find that it's really, I don't know, it, it helps really guide those type of journeys for me when I get into a mantra. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, um, anyways, <laughs> but uh, I do think these things have this, this tremendous power. So I, getting back to my, my point, um, it was actually more relating to the, the breath work therapies. Yeah. Um, do you see there being potential in breath work and, and, and trauma therapy in, in that way leading into the use of psychedelics? And I know psychedelics has actually just been decriminalized as of well, like two days ago in yeah. general. So you know, I see it being like a domino effect soon where all these you know, different places are going to start decriminalizing. But I think a good entryway into it is, is breathwork therapy. I just want to get your, your take on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert on psychedelics or anything, just with my limited experiences. And I, but I do see it trending that way because I think everything's going to kind of dissolve as time goes on in terms of, you know, titles and the way that we're um, kind of practicing what we do and the way that culture will shift in, into a more flexible space and and i think that that absolutely could be a huge blessing and and will happen i mean think about i always tend to think of things in like terms of 50 to 100 years you know so um bigger picture yes of course that will eventually be the case and and um because it's like ignorance beginning to unravel right it's but it's just the the awareness that it would completely fuck up many many people you know it would completely fuck them up and so understanding that that like not everybody is right for it just like anything else it's like we all have to kind of find our own unique journey and understanding that there are drawbacks or downsides as well as like these amazing and wonderful opportunities um so that that is something and i've, I've had extremely powerful um experiences with breath work in terms of um the experiences that I've had, I'm actually getting trained in something called gateway healing in a couple of weeks where it has to do with, um, hyperventilation and, and com combined with like, um, really powerful intentional prayer and use of ascended master energy to, to help someone ascend. So, so yeah, there's different ways you can go about that, but even that might not be the right thing for somebody, you know? So it's right. Yeah. I was hearing that from Kyle, but sometimes people, even the breath work stuff, depending on their the, the degree of trauma and everything like that can even become uh difficult for someone oh god some people can't meditate yeah some people can't draw a circle on a piece of paper i'm not kidding mm -hmm. i've seen someone decompensate because they couldn't draw the circle because the circle is not there because the safety it wasn't there you know it's all it's all the collective unconscious and the way we store everything in our mind body and imagery and there's just so much power behind things like art therapy is a great example because you know imagery evokes so much within us that i've seen you know there's a lot of ways you need to be really careful with even just giving someone a particular art media to work with when they're working through something it's a real sacred process and and everybody's in their own unique space and so meeting that person where they're at it, it never looks the same it's always a tailored process really tuning in intuitively in the highest and unconditional love that i can put us in in terms of like protecting the space energetically and setting sacred space really making sure that i'm connecting to my fifth dimensional self which is you know my sourced self essentially while we're doing the work it kind of guides me through the process of knowing and understanding what people need i don't know how that 
expands into things like retreats because most of my work has been, I've worked with many groups, but um, most of it's been one-on-one. -on -one, so it's like much easier to be attuned to needs. So I think I would personally, just because I, I hold a high level of ethical and legal responsibility under the domain of what I do, I, I would be really careful with what I offer as a retreat, you know, just to make sure that I'm doing, causing good things to happen instead of creating any harm in the world. So sure, yeah, it would, I'm sure it would have to be a very selective uh, group of people that would be part of some retreat. You wouldn't want to have people that are right on the edge or borderline schizophrenic or anything. Yeah. You know? yeah. that, that might be a little bit tricky. Switches yeah. up the nature of things, definitely. So, so, but you know, when we're talking about this, I'm feeling really called to just like mention, you know, that the piece where people can be escaping, you know, and really getting out of their lives and out of their bodies. And that was what I was totally drawn to before my experience, you know, and I think that was the biggest blessing was like, it put me back into my life and able to see things that I hadn't seen, like relationships that I hadn't been appreciating, uh, all the blessings, all the gifts that are constantly surrounding us. And I'm, I've been more and more in tune with it over the, you know, seven years now since, since I had that happen it's been just like this journey of getting more and more present in my own life and um everything around me and that you know it's a daily unfolding where i'm just realizing more and more that everything is as it should be and i don't need to push or strive or prove to anybody or you know make anything happen on the grounds of my worth my self-worth is already inherent and that that is um, something that I think people are missing a lot of the times. They, they try to seek it outside of themselves. And it's, it's in everything. It's not just psychedelics. It's not just spiritual, spirituality. It's also, you know, so present in our food industry. My husband and I were just joking around because we, we heard this a Starbucks triple shot espresso can commercial this morning. And it's like, if you have so much to do, so much that you want to accomplish, but you're completely run ragged and like completely out of energy drink one of these and we're like oh my god <laughs> tax out your adrenal system and completely shit on yourself for the future you know just the way that our society is so you know it's all about more 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 do 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 and and it's it's wonderful too at the same time like we're i feel like we're in this time of empowerment where people are expanding into their own selves we're relying less on you know um, the system to support us in creating our own businesses and creating our own abundance and really breaking free. And that's the amazing thing is we're taking back the power from cultural conditioning or societal structure and putting it back in our own self and capitalizing on our unique nature and letting ourselves be ourselves. That becomes the gateway for our own abundance and manifesting and creating the reality and the life that we really want, which is so, so amazing and very invigorating. because It's just like you think about the thousands of years it took to get to this point. It's a very exciting time we're living in. Um, but yeah, I think that the, the escapism thing, the, the real point of, of life is that this is the only moment right now. And, you know, if we can't be present with right now and start to tune into the, to the reality of our nature, which is the love. So if it's something that's not like love or, you know, under that umbrella, then you're looking at fear and I guess my, my biggest passion is helping people to recognize that there's another reality underlying that fear. If they can recognize that the fear comes from, you know, the origins of our fear of separation from ourselves, from each other, from God, from our source, right? And separation 
and rejection. You know, there's so much that's ground into us biologically. We fear rejection to the nines because, you know, 500 years ago, if you were rejected, you could be beheaded, you could be left on an island, you could, you know, be completely outcast or starved to death. All these very like real survival patterns that have carried forward and we're, we're learning to undo them now and really own our unique true self really being who we are and that is flooding life force and forgiveness and healing and abundance and it, i've seen it impact you know in my life personally in the lives of clients just miracles like long-standing patterns that have been existing for a long long time just dissolving overnight you know and, and healings like healings in the body healings in the mind and the emotions and and a connection to our true purpose which is you know it's not like it's effortless but there's a flow that supports you with stepping into that and and miracles come together like you know i've just seen so many examples in my my own life where i'm like i couldn't have planned this like there's no way in hell i could have orchestrated this myself but here i am you know putting together an event for 300 people on a cruise ship you know with unlimited resources and you know who do you want like what do you want to do and it's like how did i get here like i know i was directed every moment was orchestrated by something greater than myself and i continually practice surrender and leaning into that trust and knowing that the more i got in that alignment of loving who i truly am and believing in myself and surrendering all the rest <laughs> that something amazing would unfold and it's really happening right now so so i think that's the message I really like most want to support when it comes to true self institute is like, we don't have to run from ourselves. Yes, we're multidimensional, but we can ex have those kind of experiences when we close our eyes. You know, we can see like <laughs> multidimensionally, we just need to shut up and tune in and like recognize that, you know, mm. so. And not have the, the three shot Starbucks coffee in the morning. <laughs> that would <laughs> yeah. help. I will, I will totally put a pitch out for Runa though. These are clean energy one, oh, one. I, I am drinking coffee right now and I do have, but definitely not like a three shot Starbucks one. No, but yeah. You, you do the, the art therapy and I'm, I'm a big proponent of that as well. Personally, I'm actually trying to get more into uh, doing actual artistic drawings. I'm going to be posting them up on my podcast Instagram just because yeah. I think it's a good way to create a, just a creative outlet expression. Oh that type of stuff. Um, the it's art of calligraphy in itself is amazing. So the whole, the whole act of doing calligraphy is, is a meditative process. So it's funny when you mentioned someone couldn't do a circle, maybe they did have that Starbucks shot to make it a little bit difficult for them. But uh, what is the biggest challenge you find that people have when they come to see you or speak with you in a one-on-one -on -one sort of setting? Um, what yeah. is the, the main obstacle you find that they, is it, is it trust, is it establishing trust with you? or establishing trust in their own uh, abilities, trusting themselves. It, it, what, what do you find is a big hurdle for people? Yeah, well, first of all, that, that person that couldn't draw a circle, like they literally decompensated into a psychotic episode because of that. And so, you know, it's, it's like, depending on the trauma, the, because the collective unconscious holds so much information, like people associate the same things, like, you know, the easy ones are rain is kind of like sadness or depression, right? Sunshine is happiness. The circle actually like in our collective unconscious represents wholeness, safety and containment, like being contained in oneself. Now, this person was like, you know, she would go out of herself completely. And so when 
I just started with draw circle and she couldn't do it because it, the, the safety of being herself wasn't there and it triggered her right into psychosis. So that's, and you know, she hadn't been in psychosis. So it's, it's like that kind of like unexpected how to, how to create the safety for the person while they're holding the space while we're holding space together. But when, what you're asking is, you know, what do people struggle with the most? I, I, I really think that behind every fear is the fear of separation and rejection. You know, I think that we're all, we all want love and belonging and we all want to um, be recognized, seen, heard, understood. There's, there's a lot of different capacities I work in, with people. So sometimes it's like families where they just don't feel seen, heard and understood. And that, that is an extremely painful thing for people. That's why coming in to someone who's going to not judge you and who's going to really be there for you to hold space for whatever it is that's showing up and help you to, you know, make new meaning out of that can be extremely healing because finally I'm feeling seen, heard, and understood, right? It, usually that's all someone really needed. And this is um, neurochemical as well, or neurobiological, that once we feel seen, heard, and understood, we actually connect to the parts of our brain that can help us to move forward, to let go. So that's the main thing um, I think that I'm always working to facilitate is helping people digest their emotions. Like they can be with them. They can truly feel them to the max capacity that they're able to feel. And therefore in that acceptance, in that space of I'm, I can be with this, there is a release. There's a letting go mechanism, which I'm feeling energetically while the person's with me in many different ways. Um, but I think that we're, we're stuck because we experience that energy or that pattern or that programming so many times. So we believe it's us. We don't really know ourselves and all of us are insane to some degree or else we wouldn't be here right now. So it's like mm -hmm. that whole idea that, you know, we're all in this process of waking up on we're somewhere on the spectrum of insanity and if we really knew, just like you're saying with that experience you had where, you know, the, the waterfall of love and it would just like laugh at whatever, you know, that was a very um, similar experience as I had to ayahuasca. I, I didn't have a psychedelic experience. The first night was like totally dead sober, just sitting there. They gave me double the dose and I was sitting there like scratching my head while people are speaking in tongues and like screaming and, you know, all sorts of crazy shit's happening around me. And then uh, the second night, same thing happened and, and they were going to give me another dose. They're like, we're sorry, we don't know why you're not having a reaction, you know? And I, I let go in that moment. I said, no, you know, it's okay. I'm here for her, my mom, because she was having really um, intense experience and she got a lot of benefit out of it actually. And as soon as I said, it's okay, I immediately, you know, I let go, I surrendered, right? And immediately got access to this greater emotional understanding where I fell into grief over, you know, um, deaths that I'd experienced where I felt like, um, responsible because I've, my best friend passed away with me and I've always felt responsible. Like I caused her death because whole long story, but, um, I'd never been able to like access like the pure, true, raw grief underneath. And so in that moment I was plunged into it. Like I could suddenly feel those places within me that were like at the lowest lows and just like pure, utter grief and sorrow. And then I catapulted up to the highest highs where I was just giggling like a madman, like the hardest laughter I've ever experienced because I could see the reality. It's like a big joke. Like none of this matters, nothing, nothing whatsoever. And so we're all trying to kind of reclaim that 
spectrum of awareness and understanding, but it comes with, it's a two-sided coin. It comes with ability to truly be with our, our emotions, like the seeming reality. And I put that in like air quotes, right? Of what we're experiencing in our day-to-day life, no matter how painful or whatever unfair, you know, so many people in relationships, they feel like they have problems with um, what their partner's doing. They feel wronged or like it's unjust. They don't feel understood, respected, heard, whatever. So that's like real. But then there's also this big let go where, you know, once we've been with that emotion and given ourselves the grace to really feel and see and hear and whatever we need, we need out of that experience, there's this big let go moment. And it's a true mechanism where we have to accept in order to let go. And then it just discharges out of our energy field and we have space to create whatever the hell we want instead of being, you know, a preset program walking around. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's interesting how it really does like those type of experiences really do plunge you into like deep seated emotions that you may not have fully, you know, worked out in your case, it would have been grief there, but then it also brings to light how, how transient those, those things truly are at the same time. So they're yeah. there for your experience, your understanding, your growth, but at the same time, just just like a cloud passing by, release it, watch it go. It's just there and it's gone. And you know, that's basically, that's like a summary of the human experience, really. And yeah. it's, uh, it's all just food for the soul, really, at the end of the day. So for you to have that and go through that, you're just kind of sending it all back, you're kicking it all back. And that's really, the, the in my opinion, the point of incarnation, the point is to have the experiences. And also going back to your Lyme's experience, these are all, these are all part of the human, uh, you know, collective experience that we're all to have. And it's like the second that uh, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of um, uh, Taoism and Chinese philosophies. And uh, I, I absolutely love the Diamond Sutra. I promote it constantly on um, my podcast Instagram page. And a lot of those texts kind of um, discuss what you were alluding to a moment ago. It's like you, you have these experiences, you can feel this sorrow. But it's like you're, you're an entity of being, experiencing these things and wanting to achieve, achieve, say, enlightenment. But at the same time, there's also no entity, no being, no enlightenment to be achieved. Yeah. Yeah. So it's everything is meaningful in the sense of having the experience, but then it's also not meaningful and yeah. pointless, like what you're saying. Now, I find a lot of people will get too caught up on that. It's pointless side of things. And I just had a recent conversation with a friend of mine who it's almost like he's bordering on a little bit of depression because I find he gets a little bit too into that. That's it's all yeah. not so meaningful. It's apathy. It's like, it's a cover. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a nihilistic uh, point of view uh, and a way of being, I was trying to explain to him that he was like, what's the meaning to life? And I was trying to explain to him, well, well really just recently, I'll give you a brief story. He, he uh, has an interest in building things. So I was like, well, what do you enjoy doing in, in your life? So you find what you're passionate about. And then like he built a sauna for himself. So he learned how to do it. He went and got the material. He'd never done it before, put it together. And then he was sitting in the sauna and he enjoys his sauna now. I was like, this is part of your reason for being. You Mm -hmm. learn, you go out, you acquire materials, you put something together and you enjoy the fruits of your labor. And this creates purpose. So I feel we all need to have these mini purposes all the time. Us having this conversation creates purpose. Yeah. So people don't have purpose it's like they don't have uh, any sense of direction and i find that's when the depression ensues and, and all that yeah so now getting back to what you were saying about people's uh, a big hang-up that people have is they don't feel they're heard seen or understood now do you find that social media it, it's it's almost like contradictory to what you think it would do but it, you think it would give people this platform to speak and 
and communicate and grow and, and you know have a community but it seems that a lot of people just look at other people doing these things and then they themselves start to get depressed so it's like it's counterintuitive to what you think the purpose of social media truly is to give people yeah. that opportunity to be seen heard understood from their peers but rather they're not really having that they're just seeing others that are seen put heard and understood and it's creating this like vacuum of depression um so so you think what was your take on social media as a whole i mean, I mean there's oh. the downs of it in that sense yeah it's both i i think everything has team light and team dark filtered and functioned throughout it you know so there's there's definitely from my perspective like everything is this and that right there's no either or way about it so it's just understanding how it functions in your life at that moment so like ayahuasca could be awesome and it could be not the greatest choice to move you toward the direction of your bliss the direction of your uncovering of the love nature that you are because i do see it as um you know when when we're talking about that whole thing um what you were saying about I can't remember what you said, but a quote came to mind, Bill Thetford, who co-scribed A Course in Miracles, and he said, I know it's hopeless, it's just not serious. So it's kind of like encompassing both sides of the coin, right? Acknowledging that something could be hopeless, but that it really doesn't matter. And you're speaking about your friend who wasn't um, seem, seeming to be in touch with, you know, sort of going into this place of apathy. It made me think of David Hawkins' work. Have you seen it? David Hawkins. David Hawkins. No, no, I don't think I have. He's an author and a researcher that he actually passed away a couple of years ago, but he wrote a couple of books. One's like Power Versus Force, very um, profound book. And then he wrote a book called Letting Go. And his, his work has influenced mine for many years, but he actually created a scale of consciousness that shows where we can um, kind of be at any point in time and, and different parts of us can be in different places at the same time so it's not like you're just in apathy or you're just in grief or you're just you know but but what you're saying like this kind of nihilistic view and your friend said what is the meaning of life the the thought that came to me is that this is it like we're sitting in it it's an experience and what what it sounds like he was doing was trying to kind of intellectualize his experience and sitting in that apathy which is really just like again it's a cover it's a resistance to what is and not wanting to be with actual reality grounded life and it's so important to be in touch with that because that is the path through you know you have to let all of that reality be with you so that you can digest and process it out so that you can achieve experiencing a new reality and what happens is nothing outside of you has to change that you perceive it differently. Like you can be sitting in the same exact spot doing nothing differently in your life, but your perception of what is will change. Mm -hmm. And what I- All about perception, yeah. Mm -hmm. What I experience is gratitude and like reverence and just like this kind of awe. And it's not like I experience that all the time and I've worked my ass off to be able to get there. It sucks to forgive. It feels like you're sacrificing something. It feels like you're letting go of something um that would be valuable to you but i've i've learned to trust a course in miracles which is you know hands down the biggest spiritual resource that i've ever encountered in my life um and you know the way that i encountered that book I've, have you heard of a course of miracles or i've heard of the book i actually haven't uh, read it though it's been recommended a few times so. yeah 
take that as a sign, right? Um, I actually like had a crazy experience where I, I came home from school one day and, and this was in, when I had just gotten back out of my experience. I went back to school and like resumed my life, almost like nothing had happened in a way, but you know, everything was different. But um, I got home from school and I laid down on my bed and like the second my head hit the pillow, I got sucked out of my body into this like astral experience and was kind of like projected out into the universe and I was looking down at the planet earth and all the stars around me and just like real life space you know and all of a sudden everything got sucked into like a pinpoint and disappeared and so it's just like blank white space and I'm like oh it's the disappearance of the universe like I know what I'm talking about and then back in my body and I wake up like what the hell just happened and so I Googled disappearance of the universe and it's a book about a course in miracles because course in miracles is a really thick, like biblical in size um, and very thin pages, small writing and very verbose. But um, a lot of authors have written about a course in miracles. I'm actually writing a book right now that's highly geared and it's called get real about the nature of reality and, and talking about the course and, and my experiences and how forgiveness and all the things. So um Basically, that's how I kind of came into contact with it was through this other book, Disappearance of the Universe, which was written about A Course in Miracles. And um, I've been had just so many experiences that have proven to me the, the reality of this stuff that when we can be with and let go, um, there is this whole other reality available to us at any given time. And, and so can't remember where I was going with that, but Mm. No, no, I get, I get what you're saying. I, I do agree on a large, in large part about what you're saying about the perception of things. You know, mm. I, I while coming down off of um, a four ACO DMT trip, I was just like running errands, and I was out at um, a local store. Actually, it was like one of those like dollar store type of places, and um, just grabbing stuff as I normally would, like grabbing little things like dog treats or something. And off in the distance, there was a mother there with two children. And the children were uh, wanting to get some toy off of the, some like action figurine off of the wall. And they were talking with their mom saying, can we have this, can we have this? And I, it's like, this comes into perception. It's like I was just like hoarded out of the scholar store and I was just in this empty black space where these beings were there having this conversation. The mother I took as mother earth and she was saying to the kids, yes, you can have this toy but know that it's cheap and it won't last long. Uh -huh. <laughs> the kids were excited to have this, these toys and they were yeah. like, that's fine, we want them. So I took this as a, an experience of pre-incarnation of these children being souls and wanting to take human form, Mother Earth. You can have it, sure, but understand it's, it's a cheap, cheap was like a joke of this. I took it as like a joke of the universe, like it's a cheap yeah. trinket toy, this human body. Yeah. Don't take it too seriously. It's only uh -huh. for your enjoyment and then it'll break, it's gone. So it is like the perception shift in that instant. If I'm not having this, if I'm not tuned in, I could just see this, these kids whining to their mom about a toy. But tuned in, I see it as this whole like, like communication of, of the universe and, and like it, it's just this beautiful thing. And then the mother and kid went off and then I just went back to buying dog toys. But like the perception there, it's like something, I find that I carry that with me a lot and I find the world, I made actually a whole solo cast podcast episode where I talk about the world communicates to you, to individuals. Yes. And yes. it does it in ways that unless you are fully receptive, tuned in and aware, something like that would just pass by. Yeah. 
You know, like those little things throughout your day, day-to-day experience, it just pass by and you don't take any meaning from them. But rather now I've taken this meaning out of that, that I've held with me for months and months and months. Like that was like six, eight months ago, but it, it was so powerful in so, wow. in so short, like one minute span. You know, I like, I think that's how powerful perception is because I rewired my brain in, in that moment. Yes, for sure. To think differently about our, our experience and how, and what, and now all of a sudden I see our experience as we're all these like entities like lined up, like excited, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's take birth, I'm excited, let's go. And then you ask for permission. Is it, is it my time to do this? Yes, you go and you're born. And I took it as more of a, everyone in line for a really exciting roller coaster rather than the, the suffering and everything else that, that people tend to focus on. So yeah, just the, getting back to perception, I just wanted to give that little anecdote because I thought it was just amazing, like perfect example of how you could just see one thing and then see something entirely different in, in the there's same circumstance. so much. Yeah, there's so much that's coming up in that for me because, you know, it is, that is the ultimate, this is going to go real deep, but that is the ultimate, you know, goal, so to speak, is that, you know, this place is impermanent and that we're going to dissolve back to that oneness once we reclaim the understanding of who we really are. And it's not, not like we're trying to build that consciousness. It's really like we're trying to uncover the innateness that's already within us. And so self-acceptance, self-compassion, self-love, that's what it looks like right now is like applying that you're okay no matter what, that grace that we can really learn to saturate ourselves in it. And once you, once you have that experience where you've, um, started to recover that it's almost like you'll have human thoughts but you'll sort of just like huh oh that's weird you know like you don't identify with the things that you experience if you're like triggered or if you're um like having a having a taking an issue or a grievance with someone it's kind of like well that's weird that doesn't like really belong here anymore so you reclaim this this gratitude and this um just peace and, and so if it's, if it's apathy, if it's nihilism, there's something there that you're in resistance to because our ultimate nature is love. And as we continue to reclaim that, it just dissolves everything. So yeah, that's really cool. That experience had to have been one of those download shift moments where it's- Yeah, just, yeah. I've had a few of those. They've been really good. Yeah. And the, and the universe is always talking to us. And so learning to listen and- those are the sort of things that I would love to facilitate in terms of like a very straightforward, you know, easily accessible class, because I think it's like th- these sort of experiences, they, they come by experience. And so there's no rushing that process, right? You can't rush the healing or anything like that. And it's, everyone's going to unfold in their own way. But I've, I've felt like since the beginning, True Self Institute is ultimately supposed to be some sort of like school on spirituality, like real simple, very grounded, practical, but also like extremely on the flip side, containing those really deep ancient truths, putting them out in a way that many different people, no matter their age or their background or where they're from or what they're into, could understand and absorb some of that for their own practical benefit and start to see and live that experience where they're like, damn, okay, like I understand who I am and what I am. I've been going through so much to shift into that and I'm telling you, like, there's certain times in my life where I'm just, like, walking around and I'll just feel, like, this utter wave of, like, love just hit me that's not coming from me. It's directed at me, like, when you're saying the universe is always talking to you. Mm -hmm. you It's, it's like, I just feel that 
God or source or whatever you want to call it, just loving me so much. And it's, it's a very visceral and profound and real experience, but I feel felt a little crazy when it first started happening. So I'm like, you know, what is this? Like, because it's, it's almost like romantic and fatherly and all the things at, at once, like the love behind all loves. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of, um, I just, I think I started Googling like romantic feelings from the divine and came across Paramahansa Yogananda's work, which he wrote a whole text, a whole volume of texts on divine romance and just these kinds of ways we can experience ourselves. And I want people to know that love. You know, I put something on vision board years ago about True Self Institute that, you know, I chose these images with intuition purely. So I'd flip to a page and know it was in the left bottom corner and tear it out and just stick it on there. And so not all of it made sense to me when I first put it on there, but I have a quote on there that says, my goal is for fans to understand love on a godly scale. And I didn't know what the hell that meant when I put it on there. I was kind of like, sure, sounds good, you know, but hadn't had the experience yet where my perception was shifted in that download type moment where it's like nothing will ever be the same, you know? So to watch this stuff come together, it's just always been been pretty interesting, profound. Mm-hmm. And I want to share that with other people. So it's totally dead on. My vision board knew more than I did. Actually, I have, um, I'm going to put it in this chat here from our, our uh, if you open up the chat window, I, I just put an image. I think it's some, it, it summarizes this divine love. It's an image of, um, I posted on the podcast Instagram. It's an image of uh, Ram embracing, so in Hinduism, Ram uh, being God or a deity, embracing Hanuman. And, and doing it in this loving embrace that is exactly like what you just described there. It's this downloading of just pure compassion. I receive it all the time um, as well throughout the day. And it's really interesting. Like sometimes I'll get really emotional. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a, a, a lot of people consider me like a, like a manly type of dude-ish guy. Like I lift weights, wheels, stuff, whatever. But I get like very emotional, teary-eyed. Sometimes I have to take like a break from what I'm doing just because of the overwhelming sense of emotion. Yeah, it's overwhelming, huh? Yeah. Did you take a look at the, the image? I put it in the chat there, the link to it. Yeah, it's it's being slow to pull up for some reason, but... Um, but yeah, I want to just get your reaction to that, because I, 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 I posted that a while ago, and a lot of people kind of were, they really liked it, and I think it really depicts that feeling, because I, I found the image, and I was like, wow, this is it. It's this, like, loving embrace that it's like everything is all right kind of embrace, yeah. you know, like, and you can just surrender anything to it you know it's, it's yeah. a really cool uh really cool feeling and i think a lot of people don't have that feeling so you know it's it's well what you're doing sounds yeah. wonderful it feels like you're bringing that to people you know a lot of people don't like think about you know because we're saturated in this wellness culture more so so i tend to like think that everybody knows this stuff and that it's common knowledge because like you see it on instagram you see it it's becoming more and more common like the fact that Renee Brown is doing the the shame talk on Netflix and that's like the hottest thing, you know, like the world has changed in the last 10 years. So I tend to think that way. Like I'm very optimistic. Oh, I see the picture. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's it. Just so much. Yeah. Terror and grace and love and just unconditional all the time. Yeah. And it's yeah. the feeling of I'm always there for you. Yes. You just need to just, just let me embrace you, you know, but, it's, it's yeah. beautiful. I, I love the photo. I, I'd love to blow that up and put it on my wall, to be honest. But. Yeah, I get I get the meditation, the visualization started coming through of me, like, on the Star Tours ride at Disneyland, where, like, all this stuff seems to be happening. I'm like, whoa, you know, having a lot of fun on the ride, and kind of, like, there's parts where it's, like, 
scary or it's like, oh, something's flying at my head or, you know, but like really you're just, you're strapped in, you're good. Like mm -hmm. everything's being taken care of, you're coordinated, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, so that's interesting. I can't remember what I was about to say. My husband just walked in, but. That's all right. I think that's a, that's pretty good closing thought in, in, in general is everything is good and you're okay. So just ride that roller coaster and have fun with it. But before we wrap up, is there anything you wanted to plug? Again, I'll put all your links and everything in the description of this episode, but anything you wanted, just closing thoughts? Um, no, essentially just to keep an eye out for the Institute in general. And, um, you know, my, my website's www.trueselfinstitute.com. If anyone's interested in, in doing some of the virtual work or if you're here in Phoenix, definitely reach out, connect to me. Um, we meet once monthly with the, the Soul Solutions networking groups. I'm about to expand into the bigger office to start hosting, you know, local workshops and classes on a regular basis. Um, the other thing that will be happening is um, I'm putting out a book in the next eight months called Get Real. And so that should be coming by, you know, early next year. And that's going to be all about my experiences and just kind of putting together that really practical source book on all this stuff about what what we're truly capable of who we truly are stepping into our power um and understanding all that and i i also just want to mention because you know we talked about david hawkins a course in miracles and um another really amazing book if you're called to it is living in the heart it's about healing the heart and understanding that you know we have this in encoded destiny that's a drenvolo melchizedek book and um yeah so there was one more book that i really wanted to to share as well, but in terms of yeah, uh, you say Melchizedek in terms of yeah. um, that's uh, like the the doesn't that have association to Christ as well? He well, there's an ascended master Melchizedek who's yeah. who's really plugged into the, the energy grid and and our you know collective evolution. But there's actually a guy named Dronvolo Melchizedek that's here here in Arizona, but he's you know world renowned. And this book just kind of came along right at the right time, like most things do in this holographic reality and, and just blew my world open as far as um, the way that I understood, you know, our energetic potential and the way that the power of our heart as a, an electromagnetic field. Um, he also goes into, you know, our multidimensional beingness, that there's many actually children that are being trained to see without their eyes all over the world right now and it just interesting things that I didn't even know existed but he kind of puts it all in there and Pete Carroll knows about this shit it's just like NASA knows everybody's in on it but nobody's really openly talking about it and I think that's kind of some of the stuff that I'm wanting to you know shed some light on and just expand into more common knowledge but in a grounded and practical way you know so that people can apply to their lives and really experience the benefit of their own power their own true self oh Joe Dispenza, I'm a huge fan of his and his work has really helped me to understand that, um, you know, grounded awareness of how, who we are and what we're stepping into in our inherent cool. development. So. Very cool. Well, thanks for the recommendations. I'll probably check out uh, a book of miracles just because I'm surprised I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. I'll have to do that. <laughs> course, course in miracles for sure. Let me know. Um, you can message me and I'll give you all the other resources for this smaller books that help to Sure. Kind of break you in. Yeah, if, yeah. I'll shoot, I'll shoot you a message. That way, I can just get them from you, and I'll just put them right down in the, in the description. If anyone wants to just copy and paste and check them out from there. Very cool. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate it, and I'll see you on online on 
all that stuff. I'm sure we'll have another chat sometime soon, but um, keep me posted as well on when you do open up your uh, your local like larger office. And That'll happen in like 12 days, so. Oh, really? Okay, cool. <laughs> it's happening, yeah. I'll throw up like an Instagram story or something and tag you in it and then if anyone... Oh, thank you. That too. I'll let you know when the book's done because that's going to be the big, the big thing. But... Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care.